So how do we measure progress when it comes to our relationship with food, body image, health pursuits in general? Uh, when we're dieting, we have what we often see as objective measures like the scale, tape measurements, clothing size, you know, that kind of thing. But what, what about when we're taking a weight neutral approach? What if we don't have an objective standard that we can use for comparison? I'm Jeff Ash, certified nutritionist, personal trainer, and intuitive eating coach, and this is the Men's Intuition Podcast. We've all heard of women's intuition, right? Well, men have intuition as well. Intuition is so important when it comes to feeding ourselves and our families in our challenging food environment. This podcast explores a variety of topics related to a powerful, evidence-based eating framework called intuitive eating that integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought. My hope is that it will help you finally break free of the perpetual diet cycle. This is the Men's Intuition Podcast. So a question was raised in the Facebook fitness group where I've been a member for several years. Uh, somewhat traditional, often weight-centered topics that are pretty common in this group. Uh, as you can imagine, I like to offer an alternative perspective when, it, when, get, when I get involved in the various discussions in the group, you know, one that takes the focus off weight and instead we kind of look at the heart of the matter more. Uh, anyway, the, the question was, what's your method of measuring progress? Um, and then it had an image of a tape measure and a ruler that was with it also. So we could definitely go in so many directions with this, but I, but I thought I'd just touch on some quick points as it relates to our relationship with food in the context of intuitive eating. You know, it can be really challenging to shift our way of thinking about progress away from kind of what we're typically conditioned to think when we're wrapped up in dieting, like the scale and clothing size and fit, how we look in the mirror tape measurements, step counts, those kinds of things. Uh, you know, those are mostly objective numbers. I mean, the mirror, not so much, but but the other ones are numbers that we can jot down in a journal and then see our numbers going down or up, you know, things that can be measured. If you decrease the number, whether it be the size, the scale, weight, you know, uh, inches, then you've, quote, progressed. And if they remain unchanged, you've stagnated or hit a plateau, that kind of thing. You know, we use that language. Uh, God forbid they go up unless you're trying to add muscle mass, and then it's still kind of the same thing, just opposite. No gain, you know, you've stagnated, right? But what do we do when we put intentional weight loss or gain on the back burner, and instead we take this weight-neutral approach that I talk about all the time when it comes to our health and fitness and nutrition? So when we instead shift our focus from changing our body size, shape, appearance, um, and instead to healing or improving our relationship with food, um, how, how do we measure progress? How do we know if we're improving? I mean, it's easy to fall into the trap of trying to assess our progress with intuitive eating by kind of reverting back to those diet mentality ways of, of assessing progress, right? Where we see progress as maybe eating when we're hungry, rarely eating past fullness, choosing veggies over Pop-Tarts, moving, always being joyful. You know, basically, like we're we're rating ourselves on how well we measure up to each of those ten principles of intuitive eating. I mean, it's really easy to turn intuitive eating into just another diet, and, and often people do end up doing that. In reality, what we really want is for the change to be happening at the core of who we are as a person and and how we relate to food, not just like changing behaviors. I mean, sure, it's changing behaviors is often a tool we can use to help shift our way of thinking. And that's often kind of where we start is, is looking at different behaviors and trying to uh, come up with ways to change those and what behaviors can we change to help start making this progress. 
you know, we can't really just completely change our way of thinking without actually implementing and putting some things into action to kind of help with that process. It can be a way, though, to to move us in the direction we want to go and and our feelings and values then may begin to better align with those behaviors over time. You know, think about like a troubled relationship. This is something that comes to mind. You feel the spark or the love is not what it once was. You don't want to give up on the relationship, even though you're just really not feeling it. Maybe you feel like you fell out of love, that kind of thing. So you start to do things because you don't want to end that relationship. You want to do whatever you can to make it work. So you start to be intentional about maybe verbalizing things to the other person, even if you're Feelings aren't quite there yet. So maybe you say things that you want to truly feel that for uh, what you're saying, but maybe right now you don't quite, but you go ahead and start putting those into action and hoping that your feelings will eventually catch up with that. And maybe you plan something special that you know will make them feel loved, even though, again, your heart's not really totally in it. You're just kind of going through the motions a, a, a bit, but you have this goal of, of eventually your, your feelings and your heart catching back up with that. You know, you do it for them. You start to do these things more and more. And over time, maybe that spark and that love reignites again. And I think anybody who's been in a troubled relationship can probably relate to that to some degree if you have been in that troubled relationship and then managed to turn things around and come back to a place of where you truly do have that spark and that love again. You know, think about uh, another illustration, character when it comes to our kids. How do we know when they've truly developed the character traits we've been trying to help them develop, like responsibility and compassion, trustworthiness, honesty, those kinds of things? How do we measure that progress? I, I mean, we could just look at surface behaviors like, you know, did they, do they say they're sorry when they hurt someone? Do they clean their room when, when we tell them to? Maybe culturally, you've been training them to respond with yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, out of respect for, for um, people who are older than them. but. But what's going on down deep? Those surface things might just really be indicative of some progress and growth. They, they could be, but they can also be a smokescreen. And that's where curiosity is so important. They may just be doing those things so they don't get in trouble. And while that can be a practical benefit, we, we really want their heart to change, right? We want our kids to not just act compassionate and to do things that look compassionate, but we want them to be compassionate. We want them to be caring and loving. And uh, we want them to have a heart and an attitude of service, not just look like they have that, right? That's not what we really want. We want their heart to be in it. Do they not only apologize when they've hurt another person without being prompted to do so, but do they also try to make amends? Do they think about their actions or words and how they might be hurtful in the first place? And instead of always apologizing, they actually start to avoid the need to apologize by avoiding those words or behaviors. And they start to use words and behaviors that are much more appropriate and that build other people up rather than hurt them. So there's no need to apologize. Uh, do they clean their room without being asked to do so? Again, that's another indicator that something truly is going on in their heart when they're not doing it to get something, a reward, or they're not doing it to avoid getting in trouble. They're actually doing it because they know that that's kind of a good thing to do and the right thing to do. Do they not only repeat the words, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, but have they started to implement things that maybe show others respect that maybe you've never taught them and you're kind of surprised at that? Things they came up with on their own because they truly understand what respect is 
not simply how to give the appearance of respect with certain words, because it's really easy to to snow people with that. I've seen countless people who looked very respectful on the outside, but inside, based on other actions in other areas of their life, you knew that they really were not, that those were just, that was a smokescreen. You know, this is the kind of progress we want to see with intuitive eating. It's that kind where we see that something deep down has truly changed. And the best way to recognize it is to remain curious. Just like recognizing progress in the development of our kids should be driven by that curiosity and not simply outward appearance. Um, you know, if we think our kids are respectful simply because they always say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, uh, while it's one indicator that might be true, what about how they speak to their siblings, right? So, so we approach these things with curiosity. So just like with food, uh, reducing our intake of sweets and increasing our veggie intake might be an indicator that you know we're better listening to our body, that we're responding to it, that we're thinking, that we're caring for our body more, maybe too, because we're we're thinking of what's going to nourish it best at the moment, and not always eating impulsively and that kind of thing. But it also may be an indicator that we're drifting back into diet mentality and restriction. So the fact that we have made this shift or that we're seeing this doesn't necessarily mean that we're making progress in that area. As I said, it's it's an indicator in that direction, but it's also an indicator that diet mentality is sneaking back in. Is it truly progress or is it actually going backwards? Uh, you know, what's driving this change? This is where curiosity is so important. All right, so I gave you a few things to think about, but I'll kind of want to wrap up this short episode with just a few examples of things we might observe as progress when it comes to becoming more of an intuitive eater. I like concrete examples, and I think some of these can can maybe spark some um, ideas for other areas that you may be starting to recognize in yourself as well. So thinking about and talking about food less, that's a that's a pretty nice indicator when you start to realize, you know what, I'm not thinking about food all day anymore. That's cool. So, but we can't do that if we're not getting curious and sort of reflecting. Um, maybe we're able to enjoy a meal that we're actually eating right now without thinking about how it's going to impact our choices later in the day. I can't tell you how many times when I was in the middle of a dieting phase where I was eating a meal and thinking, okay, now I've got to cut out such and such. Oh, I, I went ahead and had a second serving. Okay, well, I got to eat less at dinner. Um, oh, this. This one is higher in carbs or sugar or fat or whatever. So I need to make sure dinner is lower in those things. And, oh, I can't have, yeah, I guess I can't have dessert tonight, maybe tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing. So we're thinking about that while we're trying to eat our meal and it just takes away from the whole experience and it also disconnects us from that meal. So again, if we start to find that we're able to just sit and enjoy a meal and not even think about subsequent meals, that's a good indicator that maybe we're making some good progress. Um, not compensating for the food that we ate earlier by skipping a meal or a snack or by eating something that won't be satisfying to kind of make up for it. Another great indicator there is, is we're just eating for what is going to be satisfying in that moment. Doesn't mean we don't give it any thought. Of course, we give it thought, and that's where gentle nutrition comes in, that principle number 10 in those 10 principles of intuitive eating. But uh, again, it's just we're, we're not constantly trying to, quote, undo or compensate for what we did earlier in the day. Our body has a pretty good way of doing that when we stay connected with our body, when we're listening to those cues that our body gives us. It has natural mechanisms. We call these homeostatic mechanisms, and I'll talk about those in the subsequent episode that I have planned right now. But those are mechanisms 
that the body has internal that help us to stay in balance pretty well that way. Again, if we stay connected. Uh, maybe you're comfortable or more comfortable ordering what we truly want off the menu in a restaurant, you know, basically paying no regard to the calorie content. And we actually feel fine eating all of it or only a portion of it. And we actually feel fine leaving a significant portion of it if we ended up getting full, even if we can't take it home to be eaten later. So we're okay wasting the food that's on that plate, so to speak, because we are no longer a member of the Clean Your Plate Club. So if you grew up in that that mentality where you always had to clean your plate, it can be good progress to to um, to recognize, to notice, hey, you know what? I'm able to leave food on my plate and I don't even give it a second thought. Or maybe maybe it still has you know bothers you a little bit, but not like it used to, that kind of thing. And so that can be another great indicator that you're making some good progress. Maybe improvements in your digestive health and physical and mental energy. You know, we often, uh, often this diet mentality and diet, uh, these different diets make these health claims that you need to eat in this certain way in order to improve your digestive health, your gut health, that trendy thing right now, uh, or your, your physical health or energy levels, those kinds of things. But in fact, intuitive eating has, some research has shown that people who uh, identify well with the principles of intuitive eating tend to have very nutritious diets. They tend to eat well. They tend to eat in a balanced way naturally. And they tend to also have some improvements in other health markers um, as well. And we'll probably talk about that at some point too, a little more. We, uh, I, I think we talked about that some in my previous episode with Dr. Greg Dodell, who's an endocrinologist. So you may scroll back a few episodes and, and take a look at that one where we talk a bit more about the, the health implications of a weight neutral approach. But in any case, let's get back to my last couple of uh, of ways of recognizing progress. Uh, maybe you notice that not only are you moving your body more, but you're actually truly enjoying it. That's another good thing. Uh, often people used to be involved in a lot of high physical activity and they grew to dislike it. And so now you may be continuing to do some kind of you're moving back in the direction where you're increasing your physical activity, but you're actually enjoying it now. It's another good indicator that you're on the right track and that some changes internally have been going on. Uh, maybe you find yourself looking in the mirror as you get ready, maybe after using the restroom to kind of make sure things are straightened up and nothing's hanging out of your nose or your pants or whatever. But we realize we're not uh, looking at our reflection in every piece of glass that we pass over the course of the day. I remember making this realization myself and it felt really good because when I was working out for more aesthetic purposes and kind of a bodybuilding type of approach, um, I would tend to, every time there was a reflection, I'd be looking at it, looking, you know, looking at myself and assessing how I looked and changing my posture and sucking in my gut and all of those things to to try and look just right. And it, it was amazing when I got away from that and realized that I wasn't doing that anymore. You know, I still look at myself in the mirror to get ready, but I'm just not checking my body throughout the day multiple times. And that's a cool realization. And it's a, a, another mark of progress. Um, maybe you, you find yourself really sensitive and even uncomfortable when others comment on other people's bodies or their own body. That that can, again, it indicates a, a, a change in how we're thinking about body size and shape. And kind of the last one here, we, we realize we're able to keep previously problematic foods in the house without polishing them off in a single sitting. I mean, this was another big one for me personally, chips and 
and sweets and, uh, you know, even throwing out what's left because we've had enough. I mean, now often if, if there's a cake or like a cheesecake from a party or something and half of it's left and it's in the fridge, it used to be that I would probably polish that off the next day in its entirety. Uh, now I might have another piece. I might, I may, I might finish it off, but I, I don't feel this need to finish it off. I, I can't tell you how many times now I end up just tossing it in the trash. It's like I had it at the party. I had a piece the next day, maybe one more piece. And then it, I start to recognize the texture isn't what it was. It's not as enjoyable. I'm also, I've had enough. I'm, I'm more than satisfied with how much I had. And so I just toss it in the trash. Again, another indicator that that progress is being made. So there's so many other things that we could see as progress. And you may be able to relate to some that I shared, or there may be other things that come to mind to you. Uh, the important thing is that progress is going to look different for each person. I mean, the time it takes to make progress is different um, you know, for each person. And the time that it takes to make progress in different areas is going to look so different for each of us. Some of us have trauma to work through. Others may need to be more mindful and work on some changes in certain habits and those kinds of things. But ultimately, curiosity is going to, to really help you to identify areas where you've made progress and where you could maybe focus more attention. And it's when we start to identify those things, that gives us that continued motivation and encouragement and, and excitement that, that we're on the right track. It's that curiosity that really helps us to know if our actions are truly a reflection of changes in our beliefs and as a result of healing our relationship with food or, or whether they are being driven by diet mentality sneaking back in. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. And of course, if you have any questions at all, don't hesitate to reach out to me on social media at intuitive.eating.min or at my website, hopedrivesme.com. And uh, look forward to bringing you another episode soon. 